1: I'm your host, Dr. Heidi Forbes, and I am so excited to share our wonderful guest with you today. It's Mike Kanies. He's a serial entrepreneur and 12-time number one bestselling author, speaker, interactive online personality, and entertainer. This guy is so phenomenal. His products, services, and advice have made the, a reality for people to be, to get attention, get found, seen, heard, watch, and read on any device, anytime, anywhere, on demand. I can contest to that for over fifty thousand customers in one hundred twenty-one countries. So I'm delighted to share Mike Canegs with you today, and just we're going to have a great conversation. Welcome, Mike. Thanks,
2: Heidi. It's nice to be here.
1: So, Mike, I met you through an event a couple years ago, and it was just so inspiring because for me, I had just finished my dissertation, you know, being so, so, so just surrounded by a bubble that didn't know how to get my stuff out there. So hearing about you everywhere now and your work and how to get my Content, My book out there was just a really fabulous thing. Can you tell us a little bit about how things like You Everywhere Now and Publisher Profit came into place for you?
2: Yeah, I think, um, you know, my background is, first of all, I, I was a technology guy first. So I started life as a programmer. And um, growing up, I loved movies and video games. And I loved music, too. I grew up in a musical family. But um, I was never one of those guys who was in front of the camera. I always liked the the background. So I loved engineering and producing and you know, figuring out how things worked. But my first real job was um, I started consulting when I was young. And then um, as time went on, I ended up starting a digital ad agency with a good friend of mine who is also a filmmaker. So I kind of combined my unique skill set of technology with that. And very quickly, we had to learn how to be marketers. And so, um, and eventually that company got bought by a very large advertising agency called Campbell Methune. They're a billion dollar a year advertising agency. And I had my first exit. And as soon as that happened, I started dabbling in online marketing. Um, and this is back in the late nineties. Uh, and what I learned very quickly was if you wanted to, get out there, you had to really figure out how to get attention, but also to get exposure. You needed to find a way to get read and to be seen and to be heard. And I ended up developing my first information product was called the Internet Infomercial Toolkit. So this came out before there was a YouTube. And uh, what I did is I got trained by and I contacted infomercial producers because I figured, okay, I want to figure out how to sell with video and back then it cost a fortune if you wanted to put video online but youtube came along and um that problem got solved but then the next thing is how do you tell a story how do you how do you persuade how do you influence and that led to scientifically finding out you know what is it that causes us to buy and um eventually that that turned into another technology company called traffic geyser which was a a way of distributing content online. It was like you could load up a video, press a button, it would get distributed. At that point, there were hundreds of video sites. There were um, hundreds of social media sites. It was before the big consolidation happened. So what our tool did is it allowed you to put your content in once, press a button, it would literally get sent all over the internet. And uh, the next thing I built was a technology platform called Instant Customer, which is a mobile text marketing platform both of which I sold a few years ago now. But if you fast forward and to finally answer your question, the key thing that I ran into over and over again when I talked to all my customers is like, Mike, how do I get my message out there? How do I increase my visibility? How do I get attention? How do I get taken seriously? How do I increase my value? The questions were always the same. And as a student of celebrity, as a student of getting attention, as a student of all these things, I've always tried to find a way not only where I could do it, but I'd teach other people how to do it too. And that just became this ongoing conversation and, and a long series of products. So again, probably a long-winded answer to your question. But uh, you know, the key thing is you know, everyone has the same problem, every business, every individual. How do I get found? How do I get seen? How do I get heard? How do I get listened to, watched, and, uh, and build my own platform, build my audience?
1: and what a, what a great resource you are for people who you know they know that they need that but they're not really sure where to start so i think it's what you're doing is really it's it's a very powerful and important thing so thank you for your work and and what you're doing now i'm kind of curious uh, you know you know a little bit about the digital self from our conversations where do you see yourself in there in terms of your own use Of technology and your relationship with technology, how it integrates both in your work and your life.
2: Yeah, well, um, for most of my life, I would probably consider myself um, whatever the the super on the edge, cutting edge, like I generally speaking, own everything, even before it's available. Like I used to be a beta tester, I tested out what was the very first digital camera um, that was ever made. Uh, and back then it was like 16 shades of gray and the image size was 128 pixels by 128 pixels. I mean, this thing was primitive. Uh, and then, you know, the same is true with every piece of tech. You know, I was one of the first early adopters of the first microcomputers in the day as well. And, um, I built tech. So, and I would consider myself at the time, Probably a total addict as well. I mean, I spent every dime I made on new tech and um, completely fascinated by it, and it would be all I would do. I mean, super OCD and ADHD at the same time over this. And as a programmer, too, it's like I, I had to be on the cutting edge. And that extended into um, until fairly recently. But something interesting happened uh, along the way. One of them is when I finally attained one of my dreams, which was to be a video game developer. I had played so many games by that time that I kind of lost interest in gaming. Then if you fast forward, I have a 15-year-old son now who loves technology. He's not quite as obsessed as I was, but left to his own devices, he'd prefer to sit around. And for him, video games are socialization. Like he talks to his friends while he plays. He plays group like first-person shooters. His cousins who live in Minnesota, that's where I'm from, also play video games together. And as I contrast myself with him and maybe my wife, I've reached a point now where what I prefer to do is use technology as a tool. I still love playing with it, but I'm not obsessed like I used to be. Um, I would much rather like my daily, you know, like my morning ritual is, and you can't really see it here, um, but I live on the beach in La Jolla, California. I go out and I try to swim every morning. Um, Yes, I've got my technology on. Yes, it's by my side, but like I use my iPad. I like to watch movies now. It's it's become a tool and an entertainment system and also a mechanism to connect deeper with my family. So we try to do, you know, we we watch movies together. That's a, a an intimate connection between my son and I. And for my wife, who has a foundation, it's a tool for her. So I'm kind of more like a, a mechanic at this point when it comes to technology. I see it as being useful, but um, I can genuinely leave my phone behind, turn it off and have an evening or a day without it. And I'm totally fine. And I wouldn't have said that would be the case, you know, a few years ago, for example.
1: Do you think that that's also, I mean, I know you've also been doing some inner work personally. Do you think that part of that has impacted your relationship with technology and you're sort of finding a more peaceful flow with it rather than sort of the obsessive hoarding piece?
2: Yeah, no doubt about it. I I think um, some of my technology fascination had to do with uh, FOMO, you know, fear of missing out. And it would pass me by and somehow I'd get behind and I'd lose out or I'd miss out or something like that. And then, of course, um, when I had cancer um, five years ago now, um, technology was a great, useful tool, but I think that helped me put a lot of things in perspective. My values changed. I realized that my if it would be an obsession or my fascination or my constant focus on technology was, in fact, taking away from the quality and the depth of relationships I had. You know, it's like that old saying, you know, you you know, no one ever wishes from their deathbed that they wish they would have spent more time in the office. Mm -hmm. And I certainly know that I I never look back and go, God, I wish I would have spent more time fiddling around with technology and tinkering. I I think it would be I wish I would have created more. I wish it would have impacted more lives. I wish I would have had another five or 10 minutes with my boy Mm -hmm. or um, said goodbye or hello or connected with my family, you know, so again, now I see it as a, as a tool, as a mechanism for communication, as an outlet for creativity. But boy, I, I'm not, I'm not driven by that same fear of missing out that I certainly was. And that that's just some old childhood wounds and some trauma that I think um, was left unchecked for a long period of time.
1: Yeah. Well, good for you. And I love the way you talk about sort of you know, I have a son that's similar to yours where he just, you know, he connects with the, his friends around the world. Having been expats, it's a great way for him to maintain that connection, play video games with his friends online. And uh, and we sit down and watch movies together. And sometimes, actually, we're in the same space, but if he doesn't want to watch the same movie, he'll still sit there on the couch with his iPad watching a movie, but we get to snuggle. So, you know there's, there's something to be said about that too. It's like, we still want to, we get to be in that same space. Whereas before, if you were relying on one television and no other options, it's like, well, I don't want to watch this. So I'm going to go in the other room. So I think there's, there's something so, so wonderful about using it to where it enhances your life and adds value rather than taking away from it. So good for you for, for really recognizing that. I'm really curious because I know that a lot of your work with the, with you everywhere now and just getting visibility for people requires using technology that sometimes people aren't that comfortable with. And it takes, in general, it takes people out of their comfort zone. I know having done some media training with you, that was a big moment for me of taking me out of my introvert comfort zone. I was like, okay. And it wasn't so much the technology of being behind the scenes, but it was all of a sudden being... You know, in front of the camera rather than behind the camera and, you know, having to wear makeup and, and, and sort of look glamorous, which by the end was fun. But, um. And
2: you, you put on your glamour. You looked absolutely fabulous and glamorous. Well, so it worked.
1: Thank you. It, it was quite fun towards the end. But in the, in, but I think for me, maybe it's not the technology piece, but I think for others, it may be just. Haven't even think about, oh, you know, you want me to, you know, whether it's, you know, self-publishing your book and all of the different interactions you have to do there. And, you know, can you talk a little bit about your experience with helping people, helping either help them over their anxiety hump or what kinds of things might be you recommend for helping people in that process?
2: Yeah, it's really interesting. This is it's a beautiful question by the way. Um and it really uh touched something in me. I feel very emotional right now. So, I'm going to give you the best answer I can give you, which is uh I don't know where this came from. It's kind of a variation on a little Tony Robbinsism. Um but it goes something like this. Which belief have you had in the past? about who you thought you were that no longer serves who you wish to become or the people you wish to serve with your skills or your talents or your knowledge. And effectively um, what that question is supposed to do is, you know, a lot of people will say, well, I'm an introvert or I'm not this or I'm not that, or I can't, or I won't, or I shouldn't. And they've got an old rule that is a prison that they've created for themselves and it's kept them stuck in a place that has prevented their true self from showing up or their courage um, to appear. So if you take a look at this whole notion of this old story that you've been telling yourself and how it's been holding you back, um, what, Ultimately happens is when you have a shift in consciousness, what will occur is you'll stop that old story that is preventing you from doing or having or being or providing service. And um, again, what I will tell you is I have served. Now, over 54,000 customers, paid customers I know of. I know hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people watch my videos, etc., etc. I've helped a lot of people out of their pickle and their old story that I can't use technology. I'm not good at technology or whatever it is. And the truth is right now, tech is now easier than ever before to use. It's more accessible than ever. And all of us walk around with a mobile television station, our smartphones in our pockets. And we have the ability to produce a television show on the run, right? Um, you can plug in a hundred dollar microphone into your phone and it'll sound as good as a movie. You know, I mean, there's just like, there is no excuse. And, and I think you got to get back to, I want to serve and help and support people. And I want to share my message. And when you get associated with that and you relinquish um, an old story and reframe it in your mind, um, that can overcome any limiting belief that you have and, and relinquish and, and release you from that prison that does not serve who you are and wish you what, who you wish to become. So, um, again, that's pr- a very wordy way of answering your question. But, uh, I have seen so many people just have a, a, a moment of awareness when they answer that question and they reframe and they're like, you just changed my life. And I've just given my permission to never be attached to that old story anymore. And they often will say, and I know where it came from. I know the moment that happened and it was an old trauma and it was literally just a new question, relinquish that attachment to that trauma. And they're able to go on and literally change their life. And I've seen it many, many times people have gone, you know, from barely scraping by to making a million dollars in a year to people who've written books and become best-selling authors. So they, you know, I taught them a little technique on how they can speak their book in their car while they're driving or whatever it is. And, you know, the 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 road to heaven is paved with these beautiful stories of transformation and relinquishing their old attachments.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I and mean, then I mean it is such a gift to be able to to change that mindset and be able to move forward. I think uh, I, along the lines of that, I'm also Wondering you know sort of for you you 've scaled your business your business beautifully, and i 'm sure you probably know how to do pretty much everything in your business yourself, but for a lot of people uh, who have that capability with technology there's sort of that challenge of when do I delegate and when do i when does it make sense or or how do I sort of let go of the need to do it all myself? What was that magic moment for you when you realized whether it was a question of scale or whether it was a question of there's only so many hours in the day. What do I, you know, what do I need somebody else to do? What is more productive? Sort of wondering what, what was that magic trigger for you? Or was it not a magic trigger? Was it just sort of, you know, it just happened?
2: Well, yeah. So I think I'll give you two answers to that. The first one is in the past, I just did it unconsciously. Like I would get to the point where I had enough balls dropping and those balls were so expensive that I put someone in the place to prevent the bleeding from occurring. So in other words, all I was doing is filling up holes in a dike. And uh, it wasn't like I didn't do it by rhyme or reason. And I'd just be like, hey, I know someone who could probably do that. And I'd bring him in, which is the worst hiring um, mistake you can make. And I will tell you that historically, I have made horrible hiring mistakes. I've given away millions of dollars due to my own ignorance and lack of ability to be a good operator in my own business. And yes, in the past, I knew how to do just about everything in my own business. And over the past year and a half, um, and I will not even say it's even been longer than that. I, you know, I had hired some really good people who came in and, and, and operated my business pretty well. And even right now, I mean, I don't even know how to do some of the stuff inside. I don't, I don't know how to run Infusionsoft, for example. Not, you know, I can go in there and look around, but I, if I, if I had a gun to my head, I, there's some stuff I just don't know how to do, and I have zero, zero, zero desire, me- negative one billion, desire to uh, learn how to do a bunch of stuff in there, um, because it's it's relatively easy. So the sh- the better answer to your question is this: if you want to make Let's say, you know, there's generally 2,000 work hours in a year. And if you want to make $100,000, um, that equates into $50 per hour, right? To make 100 grand. Now, the truth is, you won't have 2,000 work hours in a year. It ain't going to happen. And it's probably, you're lucky if you have 100 or 1,000 work hours. So it's really going to be about 100 bucks an hour for your productive 1,000 hours. So that means anything... That you could hire someone to do for less than a hundred bucks, and know that there's some fuzzy math here because you got to figure in taxes and expenses and all other kind of stuff, but let's just use rough numbers. That means anything that you can hire someone for less than a hundred bucks, you gotta hire someone if you want to grow past that mark. And the same is true. If you want to make a million bucks a year, it's a thousand bucks an hour or five hundred bucks an hour, depending on how you look at it, right? So you got to, you got to play the game. And and a lot of people say, well, I don't have that to invest in the first place. And that's what scaling is all about. It's sometimes you got to put in, it's either you're going to put in the blood and the sweat, or you're going to throw down um, some cash. And it also means you got to systemize, which, which really comes down to discipline. So there isn't, an easy answer. Well, actually there is an easy answer to the question, which is charge more money for your products and your services and have the courage and commitment. And the way you get more courage is by speaking. Um, it comes from uh writing a book. It comes from, uh you know, turning on your camera, sticking it on a tripod and talking on Facebook live or, or whatever your Avenue is. It It comes from starting a podcast. Um, and also asking. And so um and look I, I get up in the morning some days and I feel as hopeless as the next guy. I'm like god, I I don't even know what I what I should do right now. I don't know what. You know, it's like but what the the solution to that is move your butt, you know, get up and um and work out. It's like do some burpees and some push-ups and get out of your head. In your head is the prison that you're uh that's preventing your body and yourself from moving forward. And that is an oversimplified answer. So in order, it would be move your ass, um, exercise. That's step one. Step two is um share your message. Um, and it usually comes from books and speaking, and again, you know, using media. And the third thing is having the courage to outsource, and that just takes some practice. And, um, and really it, that the solution to all these is all of us need coaches all the time. You know, um, I have lots of coaches I pay. I've got someone right now who wants me to pay him $250,000 for six months of coaching. And it really was, it was going to be three months. And it's sort of like the notion, the thought of that just scares the hell out of me, quite frankly, but I also know that there's some of my own limiting beliefs that are standing in the way that I don't see for myself mm-hmm. and having the courage to step forward and write out a pen, a check like that is scary. It really is. That's a lot of freaking money. Um, no matter, you know, where you are, you know, it doesn't matter if you get $10 million in the bank, you look at it and go, hmm. Huh. But if you want to get to your next level, if you want to 10 X your life, you're going to have to throw down. And, uh, again, have that courage and invest in yourself, invest in your, um, in your education and, and, uh, be willing to accept someone's interpretation of your behaviors, your actions, and your lack of self-discipline.
1: Yeah. Well, and sometimes just having that perspective and if it's the right person that has that different perspective on what's going on for you, that shift happens so much faster than us trying to figure it all out internally. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a tough one. And I think the whole mastermind space, you know, or just coaching space finding that right person and the right match makes all the difference in the world um because we can't do it all ourselves i mean we do, there's there's just no way going a little more micro and just internally because i know you know you you we all use technology we all use this wonderful device called a smartphone that um is sort of our our access to uh the rest of the world and everything else i'm just curious what your favorite apps or, or different things with your smartphone that you use to add value to your life personally, um, whether it's a meditation app, workout app, uh, maybe it's a productivity app. What, you know, what could you share with our listeners as, as to things that you use your smartphone for that really make your life quality better?
2: All right. Uh, I'm going to pop it up here and, um, I'll tell you that one app that I use all the time, and I've got, a, as of right now, I've got the iPhone 8S Plus, which uh, on video I'm holding up uh, because the new lens on this thing is freaking awesome. I actually did not get the iPhone X. That'll date this podcast a little bit. And the reason I didn't get it is because for the first time in 30 years, I don't trust Apple with this new product. Um, so the first one is an app called Rev.com I use that constantly for recording audio and doing my books um, for podcasts I use an app called Overcast it allows me to um, speed up podcasts you know by one and a half times usually or more without changing the the tone um, I have a timer that I use it's called Countdown Timer um, that's super handy I have an app called Prompt Smart that is a teleprompter app, and I constantly use Google Docs and Google Sheets and Dropbox on my phone as well. Um, and then uh, two apps that I use for news—I use the news app now on the on the the phone, but the other one is an app called Feedly. And I, I have to admit that that's probably if I had like a soul-sucking menace action uh, that I occasionally my vice is. I actually like reading um, tech news and other news, although, you know, invariably some normal mainstream news shows up and I find it to be an absolutely poisonous thing. But something about me just loves to periodically look at it. And of course, I use uh, YouTube and Facebook a lot. Um, I used to use an app called Flickster, but it turned into a complete piece of junk. Um, uh, and same with Fandango. So I have not found a good movie app um, because I, I I love going to theaters and watching movies. And then uh, lately, because I've been investing in coin, uh, Bitcoin, and and the others, I actually sold all my Bitcoin holdings after I doubled my money. And I and it's the mm-hmm. as of now the it's it's just hit over ten thousand dollars. It's insane. And I uh, it's eleven today. Um Yeah, it's completely crazy. Again, I know this dates this, but it's like. I had been predicting what was going to happen for a little while, but I, I thought, we'd, you know, it's faster than anticipated. And then uh, beyond that, you know, we're we're doing this on Zoom. I use Zoom on the phone uh, and uh, I think Skype has turned into a big piece of garbage, but I still use it. Um, it has become an incredibly bloated piece of junk. Um, uh, there's another app that I use, though. It's called Skitch. I use it both on my desktop and on my my phone for um, marking stuff up.
1: Love Sketch. Yep.
2: Yep. Very, very handy. Um, And then let's see if there's anything else. Um, I'd love to say that I found like this fantastic um, video editing app on on here, but I I really haven't. I do have an app called uh, Pizziz, P-Z-I-Z-Z. It's a sleep app. Another one called Sleep Cycle. Um, that talk to each other, and then um, one called HeartMath. heart math it's a little adapter that you can pinch on your ear that helps with meditation it's like a poor man's meditation and then um, let's see here I know there was another uh, oh infusion soft that's you know i we have Infusionsoft. so it's a horrible app um completely almost almost completely worthless but at least you can check your accounts. I use the Headspace app. That's a good meditation tool. And then of course Kindle. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's um I'd say those are probably the main ones. Um you know, on my iPad, you know, obviously Netflix. Um, I use that all the time. Uh there is a good video shooting app. It's called VisiWig. Um it's a it's a high end uh Camera app that'll record like 4K and and you've got total control over your phone through this thing. Um, so normally, if you're using the built-in video tools, uh, what you're going to find is um, you don't have control. So your auto exposure will flip back and forth, and things just kind of look yucky. Mm-hmm. So um, oh, one last one. This 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 thing is probably. Next to Rev, my other most handy thing, it's called tape a call. It lets you record phone conversations. Oh, wow. So if you've ever, you know, you're on the road and you want to talk to your team member or you're doing a call with someone, it's like, God, I wish I had this right now. You just fire up tape a call. And what it does is it merges um, your phone with another number. So but um, and it records and then you can press a button, send it to uh, Rev.com and have it transcribed. That thing is a masterpiece of an app.
1: That sounds very cool. Now, does, I don't know how privacy works anymore these days with that kind of thing, but do you need to let people know that you're recording the call?
2: Yeah, legally you have to tell people, uh, although the app doesn't automatically do that because it's just bridging. Yeah. So, yeah, you definitely, um, legally you have to tell someone if you're recording a yeah. conversation.
1: Yeah, so just for the listeners, you know, a heads up, if you are going to use this kind of an app that you might want to just let people know it's not necessarily something for invading people's space. I'm
0: not an attorney. I don't play one on the internet.
1: No, but I just want to make sure that we're not getting ourselves in trouble here. (laughs) Anyway, those are, that sounds like a great suite of apps that you've got there to really, you know, everything from wellness and well being to productivity and entertainment and all of those different pieces. So that's, that's awesome. And I think, you know, very helpful. And for those that are listening, uh, just, you know, make sure you check the show notes because we'll be able, we'll have a transcription there so you'll be able to see all of those recommendations because sounds like a lot of them would be super helpful for, particularly for entrepreneurs that, that want to get their visibility out there. And I just want to make sure we take a moment that we make sure that we tell people how to find you because you've got so many great things going on right now. Uh, I'm coming up for another one to launch my second book, so I'm really excited to come back down for Publish and Profit the second time. It was a really great experience. I've also done uh, work with you on the media training, as I mentioned before. And for anybody that is not comfortable with that or is comfortable with that and wants to build some um, some different pieces to add to their existing tools, highly recommend um, spending some time with the You Everywhere Now team. But anyway, I will let you tell our folks, and then this stuff will also go into the show notes. So Mike, can you tell us a little bit about how to find you and what you got there?
2: Sure. Well, um the first one is, of course, you can go to now.com. The uh, shortcut link is dot tv, And there you can get some of my free books. One of them is Publish and Profit. The other thing is we've got free webinars. So like our suite of products basically starts, as you had said, Publish and Profit is usually the tip of, of the spear. I'm very bullish, always have been. On writing a book and becoming a bestselling author and can, you can do it a lot faster than you think. In fact, one of the things that I will uh, say publicly is I am going to write a book um, before our next event. So as of now, we're less than 10 days away. I will have it done, published and available um, before we begin. And it's a book I've been, I've wanted to write for a long time that I've just kind of sat on for a little while. And right now is a good time for it. So, um, and my previous book I finished in three days. So, um, it is absolutely possible. So I'm actually just going to put my nose down. I'm going to finish this thing. And, um, I think out of all the things you can ever do for you, your business, your clarity and focus is write a book. And then beyond that, um, you know, it's, we teach you how to coach, consult and advise. Um, that's one of our programs It's called consultant profit. Another one is how to speak. And um, sell or how to how to get paid speaking gigs That's Speak and Profit. And then we've got um, Create and Profit, which is how to turn your ideas and wisdom and knowledge into products. Those are kind of like the main ones. And then, um, you know, we've got live events as well. But uh, the primary focus is always, you know, how do you get your message out there? How do you tell your story more effectively? And then how do you package you in a way that makes people want to buy not just you, but your business, your brand? And make something that's going to have value. Um, you know, again, looking back, speaking for myself, um, the two best things you can do to attain a level of peace, tranquility, and freedom is uh, eventually package and sell your business or learn how to create certification or licensing programs. Because uh, that's when you can truly get paid and you don't have to be there all the time. And that is very, very transformational for folks. And um, uh, it, it definitely, you know, it's some of the best breaks I ever got were when I sold my my past two businesses. You know, you get a big check, you get some time to think and decide, you know, do I want to reinvent myself? Um, but you also are given that opportunity. When you're in the, in the fold and you're working with people and you're helping them um, build and grow and do whatever you do, you know, for you, Heidi... You've got this beautiful opportunity where you're taking all this research, all this passion, all this work you've been doing and packaging it. And you're able to um, provide some huge value to entrepreneurs and for that matter, larger organizations. Or when we were talking earlier today, um, being able to go to some manufacturers, for example, and do partnerships. Um, and you're, you're on the cutting edge of technology and psychology and productivity. And that's that's exciting. A lot of people really need what you're doing right now, and what you've done. That's very wise of you. Is you've made an investment in yourself, in your not only in your education, but in your platform. And that's what's necessary if you're going to get attention and you're going to build a following um, and boost your credibility. That is that is the game that um you've so intelligently uh you, you're playing for yourself it's it's i think it's it's brilliant i'm really really uh, impressed with you uh proud of you too
1: well thank you mike i really appreciate it and i couldn't have done it without you so i mean like hmm. we were talking about earlier it's so important to find those mentors that can help you through the things that maybe aren't your comfort zone or maybe you need that different perspective and, um, you know, Mike, you've been instrumental for me, and I have a few other mentors that I've worked in the diff- with in the different other areas, and each one of them has pushed me that much further out of my introvert comfort zone of, you know, I'm, I'm one of those people that I can speak on a stage with lots of people in front of me, but then, you know, I'm not that comfortable in that, you know, sort of, once I get by, back into the green room, I'm sitting by myself on the couch, maybe having a conversation with two or three people. So, you know, it's just getting comfortable with that visibility piece. And you're so good at, at helping provide, you know, helping uh, get those tools together. So the visibility just comes naturally and, and you grow into the comfort in, in a way. So I look forward to hearing how some of our listeners will connect to you and see what they're able to do. And what, you know, if you have a moment to, this is to you, the listeners, take, take a chance and come to the digital self mastery Facebook page uh, and come and have a conversation. Let us know what you've done with the magical work that, that Mike's doing or with other mentors and how they've helped you shift your relationship with technology to really create something powerful. Because the more that we share, the more we really understand that we're not alone and that this it's possible and what is possible. So uh I encourage you to not just keep it to yourself, but you know, share the the, the experiences that you have and the mentors you've worked with and you know and, and what you're doing because I think there's a lot of great stuff out there. So we're getting close to the end of our show here. Mike, do you have any words of wisdom that you want to pass on to our listeners before we sign off?
2: Well, I'll share one that I got from um, a client of mine, actually a customer that I was uh, coaching. um, Actually, I'm going to be coaching him again today. Um, His name's David. And he is in the business. He works with a lot of healers, a lot of chiropractors, and he helps them build and grow their businesses. And he used a word that, I don't use often enough, but it impacted me so much that I'm going to use it a lot more. And it's this notion of awareness. And, you know, for you, Heidi, in the business you're in, you're heightening awareness, you're increasing awareness. And for you to get attention, be able to do what you need or want to do for people, you need to create awareness as well. And, um, you know, getting attention is one thing I've really focused on that as a key word and being an influencer, and, uh, you know, creating status. But, um, the, the missing piece is what are you doing right now to create awareness, um, in your market, in your business for your perfect audience, your customers? And awareness is something that happens all the time. It's not like a one time deal. Yes, they need to be aware that you exist, but also aware that there's a solution a way to solve their key problems. And that's an ongoing conversation. It's a relationship of intimacy that um, you want to seek. And, and you're granted permission to provide awareness and to have intimacy with people. And, and so as you move forward today and into whatever you want to do with your life, um, to whether you're reinventing yourself or you just want to amplify what you're already doing, Ask yourself that question, you know, what am I doing today to create more awareness for me, my products, my services, and the people I want to reach and the, and the lives I want to change. So that's my, those are my parting words.
1: Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Mike. I really appreciate it and look forward to seeing you soon at Publish and Profit. Uh, for any of you that are interested in doing a book, I highly recommend taking some time and looking at, you know, what they're doing in this program because it was the you know that push that i needed to get it done and it was just uh, it was an amazing experience and also made some great friends in the process so it was a, it's a really fun event uh, to top it all off so i uh, just want to say thank you all for listening don't forget to subscribe to rate review and share we look forward to having you come back and join us at the evolving digital self podcast and this is me dr heidi forbes signing off bye bye for now